pro wrestling talk from the four corners of parts unknown. This is That Wrestling Podcast. Welcome to a TWP Extra, a .5 episode, if you will, uh, with the most unlikely pairing, the most unlikely tag team of That Wrestling Podcast staff members. It is Jason with Joe, and uh, we wanted to jump in on this early, early Sunday morning to talk a little bit. Um, well, if you saw the title of the podcast, the podcast from hell, I'm sure you can kind of figure out what this is about. We watched Dark Side of the Ring, the plane ride from hell that aired on Vice the other night, and we wanted to jump on and talk a little bit about the infamous plane ride from hell, May 2002, WWE's European tour back to the States. Um, you know, there'd been a lot of, you know, lore like, would that be the right word joe you're a teacher I would, lore i would say that there has been a lot of lore for this uh infamous 2002 plane ride from hell yeah so and uh and it's been told numerous times but never like this exactly never like this and the guys from dark side of the ring they do a great job of what they do but like this one it hit a little different compared to all the other ones yeah there have been a lot of horrible things that have happened over the years but this one I don't want to say it made me cringe, but there was a lot for me, Joe, where I'm like, what the hell? Like when they would go to commercial, it'd be like, oh, like what? Did you have that kind of feeling too as we were, as you were going through? Yes, but I watched it on YouTube because I don't get Vice. So I didn't have commercial breaks. I had like the five second little (sighs) window of uh, Dark Side of the Ring is on. You can skip the, skip the commercial, you know, in five, four, three, two. Yeah, yeah, pretty so, much. And so I didn't have time to really step back and think about it because it was just going on throughout the whole thing. It was just a straight 40 minutes. Yeah. So I had time to think about it afterwards. And that's when I sent you the text message. So uh, we're, I, I have some cliff notes things that I thought would be worth talking about. And I guess we'll start at the beginning. They were grounded for seven hours. And because of this, they went through three carts of booze now i had i didn't really know what a cart of booze meant essentially i guess it'd be like the equivalent to like a hotel mini bar but i would imagine on a on a private plane those were full bottles those weren't like the minis so they went through three carts or mini bars of booze before they even took off now joe you know the way we get sometimes when we drink on the podcast you know, the, you know the, the infamous bottle of Crown Royal night for me, like, you know how we get. Can you imagine being a celebrity, a superstar, and having everything at your whim and just be like, fuck it, I'm just going to do whatever I want? I couldn't imagine that, plus adding the pills to it, too. That's, I'm, I, that's something, like, you know, we've never done or been a part of. So it's like I, I couldn't even imagine taking the infamous Crown Royal night and multiplying it by 10 because that's what happens when you add the pills to it so yeah i that's that was amazing to begin with and they even said at the beginning typically a flight like this you don't even get through one right and they got in through three before they even started now the flight attendant that was pretty much the 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 star of this show her name was heidi doyle and uh some of the things that I mean, the things she was talking about were unbelievable. So um, we'll start with, you know, we'll, we'll start at the beginning. You know, they, they, they drank the, all the booze. 
all the booze you can handle. And um, for seven hours before they took off. Now, I think they said it was a 14-hour flight. So essentially... Was it, four, was it 14 I, or... Okay, whatever. Um, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, I've never flown across the Atlantic, so I don't know how. Yeah. I mean, regardless, I mean that that was pretty much an entire day uh, for these for this flight crew, and, and of course the people from the WWE. So they get through the uh, through the booze, and then the next thing I have on my notes is the Brock Lesnar Kurt Henning fight brawl. Um, now, I had heard about this. I had thought it was Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle, but apparently it was Kurt Angle and Vince McMahon that the episode did not touch. Exactly. Which Angle talks about it on his podcast. So, like, why they would leave him off, but I think I have an idea, uh, an, an idea of why. Vince McMahon wasn't really brought up much in this episode. He was on that plane. How did he not know what the fuck was going on? All they mentioned of Vince was him and Linda were in the front yeah. of the plane. That was it. And, and whenever I, I actually read Brock Lesnar's autobiography from like 10 years ago, and he yeah. mentioned it. I, it took me back to that part of the book where he mentioned his shoot fight with Kurt Henning. And in his mind, they were stupid, but they were just playing around. Like they were really close friends. So Brock took Kurt Henning's firing and his uh, death really hard. He even ended a chapter going like, you know, why'd you have to die, Kurt? Things like wow. that. So that was, I think the scariest part was the fact that they're both, they're both really big guys and they were finding <laughs> emergency exit. But I, I know you don't like to agree with JR a lot now, but he did say uh, they were play fighting. But the thing is, they were play fighting on a plane. It'd be different if they were play fighting in a locker room. Right. Of course. Of course. I mean, 30,000 feet above those two were really ground. tight. So. Yeah. Okay. So, and then because of that, the most, I don't know, uh, the most, the most shocking element of this, Brock declined to comment. What? <laughs> um, they ran a scroll on the screen that said that Brock Lesnar declined to uh, comment on this, which I'm not surprised. And, uh, you know, I just thought it for me, it made me laugh. Like it was it was a serious situation. But like, come on, like Brock Lesnar declined. Of course they did. But well, they um, mentioned him twice. So one for oh, the flight yeah, yeah. And well, one and then for I, something that didn't happen on the flight. Well, I'm getting to that right now. Okay. So uh, Terry Runnels, a.k.a. Marlena, she told the fem filmmakers that Brock exposed himself to her backstage at the UK exclusive insurrection pay-per-view. According to Terry, Goldust made sure she was all right afterwards, but to also told her to move on from the incident quickly. And that's when Jim Ross chimed in with his own memories of the situation. JR said that he'd had several complaints about Lesnar's behavior on the flight home but precisely zero about flashing Terry Runnels. What I found interesting about the Terry Runnels portion of all of this, you want to take a guess? Uh, the fact that they kept telling her to not sell it. Don't sell it. Now, I mean, obviously that's a case of the boys will be boys attitude that it sounds like that's all this company was back then, but the don't sell it. <clears throat> now, 
of course, in 2002, it wasn't right. In 2021, women are now being more vocal and standing up for themselves, where back then they couldn't, which sucks. So now that whole don't sell it attitude, it doesn't exist. And, and, and I'm, for one, glad that that stuff uh, doesn't exist. And, you know, last, uh, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, in the indie wrestling world, the, uh, the Me Too movement, uh, I think it was Speak Up, where a lot of these women wrestlers, managers, referees, participants who had dealt with shitty slimeball scumbag promoters and wrestlers spoke out. And, you know, the, the, the wrestling uh, uh, industry as a whole started to get a little smaller because a lot of these guys that were doing all this awful stuff, they weren't, they're, they're, they're essentially canceled now and they're not working, which is great. Um, but the whole don't sell it thing, that kind of was just like, because they kept, she kept saying it. So on this incident, it was don't sell it. I'm just curious how many more times you think, Joe, this has probably happened, the don't sell it attitude. And incidents. I'm, I'm sure it happened throughout any wrestling organization or even any male-driven locker room sporting event uh, yeah. situation for decades and then you know this is this is more than just wrestling to it this probably i mean this is probably every industry but obviously right. for the sake of this show this uh documentary we're talking about the wrestling industry right so basically uh i'm sure it went on throughout her entire uh career in wrestling and then it made me think about this made me think that maybe savage Randy Macho Man Savage wasn't wrong for keeping Elizabeth away from the locker room because it was his yeah. wife. I mean, Goldust, I mean, it was his ex, ex-wife. At the time, yeah. At the time, but it was probably happening when they were married too. And he probably had the same mentality because he grew up in the locker room. Don't mm-hmm. sell it and then it'll go away. Don't sell it, it'll go away. So maybe Macho Man wasn't as, you know. Crazy as everyone crazy portrayed as every, him to be. As that AMC uh, documentary made it seem he was protecting his wife who he wanted on the road with him. You know, there's a lot other stories that, that, that are out there of this type of stuff. And, and one I can think of it, it's alleged. This is all alleged, of course, because right. we don't know um, that John Morrison and Melina, when they were together, that he let Batista, you know, have some turns at her and whether or not that's true or not, I don't know. Like I said, it's all speculative, alleged, uh, but, you know, I'm sure this shit happens uh, way too much. And obviously, I'm just glad now women are strong enough to, you know, stand up for themselves and, you know, call out the assholes, you know, if you will. So uh, the next thing up was Scott Hall. Uh, he, there was no video of Scott Hall, but there was an audio clip of him uh, passed out on the plane. He thinks that Kurt Henning slipped in the H-bomb, which is the house, halcyon sleeping pill dropped into uh alcohol well when this happened um the the flight attendant uh the quote here is she offered scott hall breakfast early during the flight she says scott hall then pulled her down by her shirt and drooled i am going to lick you nothing else happened but heidi doyle was shaken up and stayed in the kitchen for the rest of the flight um i mean whether I mean Scott Hall, it's it's public all of Scott Hall's issues over the years. Um, whether it was an H bomb by Kurt Henning or 
stuff he had taken on his own, plus with the mixture of the booze. Obviously, you know, nobody knows what that uh, entails. And, you know, for me, watching the flight attendant kind of like stumble through a lot of this stuff, I mean, 20 years ago, and I guarantee she has flashbacks of this stuff now. And I wonder Mm -hmm. what this show is going to do. Like, is this show going to spark more, you know, uh, flashbacks or anxiety? You talking about for her? Yeah, yeah. Or do you? I was, I was hoping in my mind, I'm hoping for the happy ending where she gets closure for finally, you know, having her voice. That's what I'm hoping for. But I can see your point too, where she's now reliving it all over again. She agreed to do it, which was very, like, very brave to do. Because yes. this was a this was a voice that we have not heard in the 19 years since the flight happened. So I got to give her kudos for that. But it's a I hope it was clo- more closure and not flashbacks. She has to live it all over again. And as I always tend to say on this show, if you're one of the assholes on social media trying to slam this woman or trash this woman, don't just stop. Delete your Twitter account because it's not fucking worth it. And it's certainly not fucking funny. Yeah, I said fuck like five times this show. Get over. <sighs> anyway, even on the weekend, they're here. They bother. Like, can't say, can't say swear word. Shut up. Um, all right. Well, so the next thing. You're in AEW. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think they have a limit. Uh, anyway, the next thing up that is uh, more from Heidi was the issues with Ric Flair. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. You look like this, you. The- this one was worse. Like the Scott Hall one. He just bad. said what he was going to do. And it was, it awful. was bad, but it was also like, he was completely drugged out of his mind. <clears throat> Flair was drunk and acting like a frat boy still at 53 years old. That's yeah. So, bad. so the, the, as they said on the episode, Ric Flair wearing nothing but a Ric Flair robe was walking around making his uh, little nature, helicopter. you know, the helicopter. Yeah. That was the word I was looking for. And he then went to Heidi and proceeded to make her touch his penis. Um, I'm, I'm looking at my notes here, Joe. Um, it'll be interesting with this happening or at least this coming out. If, Rick Flair gets signed by AEW, which seems to be the rumor. And you had some some stuff you you had found out about Rick Flair too before right before we started. What do you, let's get into that? Yeah, right before I watched the dark side, I read somewhere that the car shield ads have been pulled for the time being with Rick okay. Flair. So they're already like he's already losing some advertising dollars on that one. This is tarnished. Like we he didn't have a great name to begin with outside of the ring. This is really tarnishing it even more. Okay. Because and, like it's just it was just gross to hear about it because when the ESP I go back to the ESPN 30 for 30. They did a cartoon of it with the boys yeah. laughing and his robe open and they kind of like since it was his side of the story, it was just oh Rick being Rick. I like to have fun. I like to have a good time. You don't see the other side, which I'm glad that this episode did. Now go ahead. So uh, according to uh, the documentary, it says uh, Rick walked into the kitchen looking for a Coke and began windmilling his penis. Heidi naturally was uncomfortable 
She did say that she never felt in serious danger, but recalled Flair trying to get her to touch his genitals. Um, and then Vice ran another, you know, crawler on the screen and said, Ric Flair has previously stated there is no truth to these allegations. Uh, that was then followed by news that Goldust, who was having a time of it himself mid-flight, pulled Ric Flair away from the scene, which, um, you know, they talked about Goldust uh, grabbing the, the microphone and singing a love song to his ex-wife. Uh, obviously, while out of it, at least he was enough to he was with it enough to realize what was going on and got Ric Flair out of there, whether that was to protect Heidi or protect one of the boys, we'll, we'll never know. I just wonder, um, you know, we've already, you know, we, we talked about Ric Flair losing the sponsorship. He may not get signed to AEW right away, but when this happened, Ric Flair escaped punishment. And when I watched it and it was like, uh, you know, one has to wonder why Ric Flair did not get punished. Well, the obvious answer is because he was Ric Flair at the time. He was just new to TV after the WCW sale. He was a big part of a Vince McMahon storyline. And uh, I'm guessing that is why Rick, you know, skated from this while others did not. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you've listened to our podcast, you know, I have my issues with current day Jim Ross. Um, it's no secret. Um, I feel that while he is a legend, he's one of the greats that he should be, uh, what, what should he, what, Joe, like a corporate role, uh, whatever, like talent yeah, relations, yeah, he shouldn't something. Be, he shouldn't, he should be, uh, behind the scenes. He should not be out front anymore. I agree. He R- should be t- talent relations or, whatever something behind the scenes in office job kind of like those old detectives in the movies where it's like oh i'm off the street i got a desk job now and uh one more run he i'm too old just, for this shit you know exactly kind of lethal weapon but he should definitely be behind the scenes but go modern day so, jr i agree yeah so the producers asked him why rick flair skated you know no no punishment and his quote was that's a good question Uh, Went on to call Ric Flair a made man. And then basically, in other words, he got away with it because he's Ric Flair. Um, Two people that did not uh, escape issues uh, and lost their jobs was Kurt Henning and Scott Hall. Um, Scott Hall, like I said, I mean, his demons are well documented. Everybody knows about Scott Hall's history. Kurt Henning, I find it interesting because I don't remember if they said anything about him. Like, did he have any kind of issues or was like this the first one or was maybe he was a scapegoat because, you know, Brock was the golden child at that point yeah, too. That That's what I got out of it was the two guys who got fired. I actually agreed with the Scott Hall one. And JR said it best when he said, you're not ready for the road yet. Mm-hmm. So, and he made it clear. So he, him getting let go after that, I agreed with Kurt Henning. He wasn't, from my recollection of 2002, he was only really supposed to come back for the Rumble as like a, you know, Rumble entrance, but he got such a good pop that they brought Mm. him back. And he was just really wrestling on Sunday Night Heat anyway. So they Mm. kind of felt like, you know, we can't, we can't get rid of Brock. He's the next big thing. This was rookie Brock, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. So he wasn't, he didn't even beat the Rock yet. This was like his first month on the road. So they can't get rid of him. They invested too much into him already. 
I really think that uh, we all know looking back in hindsight, but even back then, I'm like, Flair should have been fired. Looking back, yes. Yeah, yeah I mean, looking back on it, Flair was the worst of all the culprits. And he, but since he was a made guy, even though every time they go back, he talks about that time, he was like, I was so down. People had to bring me up. My character was, but obviously outside of the ring, he was still acting like a 20 year old. So I'm not buying this. I, I was in a depressive state. Yeah, we had too uh, much. So we talked about the angle McMahon fight or you know wrestling match that didn't get discussed. One more thing they did discuss was uh, Michael Hayes getting his ponytail chopped off, and I had heard that one before. Uh, you know, that's obviously the one that makes the legend. Uh, they you know they covered it, and then um, you know when they said that they found his ponytail in a Ziploc bag duct taped to his locker room door at the end. Um, I, I mean, it sucks. As a guy with long hair, I would be pissed if someone cut my hair off. Like, my wife has made jokes about cutting my hair off in, in my sleep, and I was like, I'll divorce you. That's it. Like, well, of course, that's a little extreme, but she doesn't need to know that. She doesn't listen. Uh, like, you know, I just need to keep my hair. I got to keep my long hair. Anyway, so, like, when Hayes lost his, his ponytail – it was Sean Waltman that did it. And, uh, you know, to this day, I wonder if I'm going to have to do some digging before we uh, get back together on Friday to see if Waltman has ever addressed cutting the, the ponytail. Have you heard of anything from him about this? No, I, I, I haven't heard anything from him about this, but I, I knew that his ponytail was cut, but I never really know, knew who did it because everything else was always talked about the bigger things. Yeah. So then, um, they went to Heidi and asked her about, did she report this stuff? And she did. Uh, Sport Jet, which is the company that was responsible for the charter jet, uh, she told them everything that happened. And instead of being shocked at the talk of sexual abuse, drugs, and more, they told her not, don't sell it, essentially. Um, and apparently the reason why they said this is they took the privacy of their clients very serious. Um, which client privacy acts and, you know, all that stuff. I get it. What about sticking up for your people, your employees? You know, the, the fact that these people had to deal with this, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's, I don't know. I mean, there's no, there's no justification, obviously, but I wonder if the thought was, well, WWE could be a big client in the future, you know, yeah, I don't know, man. Any thoughts on them? I think not it selling it. Of, I I think it was a matter of at the time, and it's probably like at the time they were thinking WWE could be their new top client along with the uh, Phoenix Coyotes and the Phoenix Suns because they were also part of their charter business. And oh, okay. losing one flight attendant is only worth like a couple fifty thousand dollars, fifty thousand a year. Losing a corporation. Yeah. They, they were thinking dollars and cents. They were not thinking of uh, human sense. So uh, Doyle was offered a financial settlement. Her husband told her to take it. Uh, to this day, obviously, she still has issues about what happened. And uh, that sucks. And Sport Jet did not come out of the documentary uh, in a positive light. I don't know if they are still a thing. I, uh, Like I said, we kind of threw this podcast idea together. So while I have my cliff notes... I don't have specific. So uh, Friday, when we talk with the other boys, um, 
you know, maybe we'll, we'll touch on it, but maybe some of these answers I don't have, uh, you know, we'll, well try to I have. Can, I can say this. When we get our private jet, it won't be from sport jet. I can tell you that. Much. No, no sport jet here. Um, or private jet. <laughs> coach, coach seats, Southwest, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Much. Not even sitting uh, next to each other. Works. <laughs> even better. Even better. So uh, Terry Reynolds. Go Greyhound. <laughs> Uh, um, so Terry Runnels did not look good throughout this for many reasons. Tommy dreamer did not come out looking good. Um, basically Tommy made a comment. I'm paraphrasing. Basically it's the boys will be boys. It was a joke. Um, and then, uh, because of that, and then I'm, I'm looking for the exact quote. Uh, he's been suspended by Impact Wrestling as of right now. Um, Joe, anything on this while I'm looking for the quote? Yes. Uh, when Tommy said it was just Rick being Rick, it was just a joke for the boys. I always go back to it's only a joke if everyone involved is laughing. Not mm-hmm. everyone involved was laughing. So it, there went the, that theory of it was a joke. And I know most of like not no joking around here. Yeah, a lot of my jokes misfire. That's when I drop the joke. Yeah, you're only it's funny no one, once in a while. So. Very rarely, but this wasn't a joke to everybody involved, especially the person who was not one of the boys. They mm-hmm. took a, you know, not an insider wrestling term. They took a civilian. They took a mark and made a joke out of it. And unfortunately, she's still reliving it. Dreamer also appeared to question Heidi's decision to take a settlement instead of going after WWE. Uh, she's obviously dealing with the, with the issues. And uh, in 2021, I think it probably have been better for Dreamer to show a little bit of compassion for someone that is really screwed up over something that him and his friends did. Um, I don't know. Like I said, this whole I- thing... I was oh, really, I was really annoyed by the fact that he turned it into, "Hey, people could be offended by my double ponytail." He took a hairstyle, yeah, and compared that was, it to that. I thought that was lame, very lame. And I like Tommy Dreamer a lot. You know, I listen to his podcast. I like when he's on Busted Open. I'm just curious if SiriusXM makes a move. They're like Tommy, we need you to step back for a little while. Um, so uh, the state of the plane. They found syringes. <laughs> the syringes made me like perk up. I'm like, God damn. Like, are you kidding me? Uh, vomit, blood, syringes, trash. And the uh, attendants were told to clean it all up. And they walked off. I'm so glad to hear that they walked off mm-hmm. and did not just clean this shit up because they were told they had to. Um, JR recalled the sorry state of the vehicle once the party had ended. He thought that the FBI were going to be waiting for them at the gate, but because it was private, not so much. Um, everyone went their separate ways. Obviously, the Scott Hall incident where he didn't wake up and Just Incredible had to get him in a wheelchair and make it like he had a medical condition to get through customs uh, was a big mess. And, you know, like I said, the, the stories that were told were awful. The stories that weren't told, I'm surprised, but I wonder... I wonder if this is just not to implicate Vince McMahon himself. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can implicate my company, but don't come after me. 
I wonder if that's what this is because these these the, the vice guys. I mean, they don't pull their punches on Vince. I mean, season one and two, a lot of like dirt on Vince. I don't think that I don't well, know why Vince was not involved in it. Did the steroid trial one happen yet? I don't know. That's coming. That's coming up. Um. Yeah. So but, next yeah, week, I don't is- understand why. And like Angle even mentioned this because he knew it was coming up, and he said when him and Vince got into their shoot match and the flight attendants tried to get him to stop, Vince said, I'll buy this plane before I stop. Is that confirmed? That was on Engel's podcast last week. Uh, we can oh. talk about it more on Friday, but I wow. can find that quote. But I read it last night and I'm like, yeah, why was Vince not mentioned in this? Because Vice doesn't pull their punches on Vince McMahon. I was wondering why they did here. Was it because they wanted to focus more on... Like that was just drunken stupidity compared to the sexual assault. I think that's I where the story was. I just can't figure out how Vince did nothing. Nothing, according to this. Right. Like, so I don't know. Um, all I know is I I love the dark side of the ring. That's whether it was, you know, the you know, the early ones with like the Von Erics. Um, the Bruiser Brody, uh, then you know, moving on to for me, the, the curious death of Gino Hernandez because I love world class wrestling as a kid. Uh, the Nick Gage one that you know, we talked of about course. they kind of have uh opened the eyes of that wrestling podcast personalities not named Jason Marchuka to the world of GCW and Nick Gage. Kevin is the uh, most uh, has adopted the most, you know. Uh, but maybe if you guys get to go to a GCW show, you guys will uh, join the uh, the fandom, not universe, Joe. Don't say it. <laughs> I'm not going Don't to. Say this it. is just us. I'm not like, you know, I'm not going to be attacking. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man. Any closing thoughts, Joe, before we get out of here? I mean, it's yeah, early, early Sunday morning and none of us want to be parts here. Are, my parts are unknown. It's not that early. I would just like to say that at the end, when JR said, I am the executive of talent relations, not a kindergarten teacher, I shouldn't have to be doing this. Your title is talent relations. Talent relations, you, yeah. You should definitely be doing this. Do not be trying to say that you your hands are clean of it because you weren't supposed to be taking care of them. You're definitely supposed to be taking care of them. So you should not be saying that you were just an innocent bystander in all this yeah. either. That's my yes. final thought on JR. He had a lot of good things to say throughout, but he ruined it at the end, just yep. like he does now. Yep, yep, yep. So let us know what you think of the podcast from hell about the dark side of the ring. Plane Ride from Hell at that WrestlePod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're on YouTube. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel because as we discussed the other day, uh, we have five followers. The four members of this show and my wife. So uh, check us out on YouTube. And don't forget, you can pick up a shirt at whatamaneuver.net. I got the TWP Hollywood shirts in the mail. Holy shit, Joe. These are awesome. They look great. And spoiler alert for this week's What Are You Wearing? I will be wearing the TWP Hollywood shirt. Get yours now at whatamaneuver.net. Have a great rest of your weekend or week, depending when you listen to this. We will talk to you next Friday on That Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for listening. Follow That WrestlePod on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. One, two, three, that's it!